0: People hold all sorts of irrational beliefs, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Many of our beliefs relate to our personal preferences or inner life, and we ourselves might not have any idea why we have them, we just do. As the comedian W.C. Fields put it, a man's got to believe in something. I believe I'll have another drink. Here's a more personal example. I like chocolate. Some people don't, but I'm one of many who do. And I don't know why. Oh, I might have some half-baked ideas about it, but I absolutely believe that I do like it. And I don't feel any need at all to be able to explain my liking in a way that anyone should either believe me or even come to like it themselves. Since I can't rationally justify this belief, does that make it irrational? Well, I'd prefer to call such things non-rational preferences. And we all have many of those. But there are other beliefs that I'm committed to, like the value of free speech, that aren't just about my personal preferences. In fact, free speech doesn't work at all if only some people are able to speak freely. I believe that to the extent that some people are refused the ability to speak in the public square, everyone is diminished. And since this belief in free speech isn't just a personal non-rational preference, shouldn't I be able to justify it rationally to anyone? How can I even say I know that free speech is really a good thing? In this video, I'm going to show you one of the most powerful ways to think about how we hold beliefs that I've ever encountered. You probably believe some things very strongly, and those beliefs probably shape how you behave every day. All this is both natural and normal. As our beliefs are shaped, our behavior changes. One of the big things philosophers argue about is how we know things, how we can come to know things, what it's possible to know, and is it even possible to really know anything? Well, of course, you and I know some things. For instance, it'd be pretty hard for me to argue that I don't exist. Who would be doing the arguing? This was the philosopher Immanuel Kant's famous starting position, I think, therefore I am. Unlike Kant, Most of us don't try to start from scratch with our knowledge and beliefs. We build them up over time. But sometimes, someone with passionate beliefs comes along who really seems to want us to change our beliefs, like say, our belief about free speech. And we might be tempted to change our beliefs because of their passion or any number of other justifications they offer. Personally, I think that one of the best ways to hold beliefs are to hold those most strongly that are best justified by evidence and reason basically science. But saying I'm committed to science has a pretty big problem. Can my commitment to science itself be justified scientifically? Philosopher of science, Karl Popper, wasn't so sure. He definitely thought that science was a great way to learn about the world. But he also thought that at some point, belief in the value of evidence and reason, science itself, required a leap of faith. He wrote, Whoever adopts the rationalist attitude does so because he has adopted, consciously or unconsciously, some proposal or decision or belief or behavior, an adoption which may be called irrational. Whether this adoption is tentative or leads to a settled habit, we may describe it as an irrational faith in reason. The problem here is that as soon as you say it's okay to be irrational about the value of rationality itself, you open the door to people coming along and saying, well, then I'm just gonna be irrational about this other BS here. And you can't say boo about it because you just admitted to being irrationally committed to rationality. In fact, this way of attacking someone's argument by calling someone out for not abiding by their own standards is so common that it even has a name, tu quoque, which is Latin for, you do it too, you hypocrite, so you can't be taken seriously. So. Is science really at its heart really like a religion? Does it require faith? Well, if you think that every belief has to be justified by some evidence or reason, or at least by an appeal to some authority who you're letting decide for you, then you're definitely open to someone coming along and saying, you say that you believe A, and that B is your reason? Well, how do you know B is true? Oh, because of C? How do you know that's true? It's like a little boy asking his mother why Why? Why? Until she gets exasperated and tells him to go ask his father. But at some point, dad's going to run out of answers too. And if he can't answer this infinite regress of questions, can you be said to really know anything at all? Well, another philosopher, William Bartley III, was also bothered by this idea of science somehow being a religion. He focused on the idea that if you demand justification for everything, you eventually run out of justifications. Bartley then proposed that you could still have a coherent, rational belief system if you let go of the idea that before you could believe something, you had to rationally justify it, including all of its underlying beliefs. He also drew an important distinction between dogmatic belief systems and what I call adaptive belief systems by pointing out that dogmatic belief systems always accept certain fundamental things that can't be criticized, while adaptive belief systems pretty much let you put any of their beliefs to the test or criticize them on literally any basis. Bartley called his approach pan-critical rationalism. Here's my slight rephrasing of his idea. Pan-critical rationalism is the simple idea that everything you believe should be held provisionally and open to criticism, including the idea that everything you believe should be held provisionally and open to criticism. I think this is brilliant. Bartley has replaced the assertion that everything must be rationally justified with the policy that everything can be criticized, including the policy. Taking this approach doesn't mean you can't hold beliefs, even strong ones. It doesn't mean that your beliefs have to change whenever the wind blows either. It just means that you stay humble so that no matter how strongly you believe something, you acknowledge a chance that new information could emerge that might cause you to rethink it, and that you'd even rethink your need to rethink things if necessary. Even in the face of your son or daughter pestering you with why, you don't have to throw up your hands and say, nobody knows. You can simply say, that's a good question. I don't personally know, and I'd be open to hearing ideas or arguments about what the answer might be. When you admit you don't know something, people will frequently jump in and offer their own beliefs as ways of filling in your gaps in knowledge. And after due consideration, you can reject them or accept them, but the key is to keep all of your beliefs open to criticism and revision. In debates, someone who wants to justify their own irrational dogmatic commitments is then deprived of the Tu quoque ability to say, well, you also have your fundamental beliefs that can't be criticized because really, you don't. So, I believe that science has value, and I think I have a lot of evidence for that belief, but I'm also open to hearing why there might be problems with that idea. I doubt that anyone will be able to turn me off of that belief, but they're welcome to make the argument. Since my belief that science has value is itself a belief that I hold provisionally and open to criticism, It's not dogmatic, it's just my current best belief. And since pancritical rationalism is itself a belief about the best way to hold beliefs, I'm also open to hearing why there might be better ways to think about holding beliefs than pancritical rationalism. What do you think? Let me know in the comments, and if you're serious about thinking better and helping others as well, check out my unique software for problem solving and creating real improvement at flyinglogic.com. See you tomorrow.